Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fly the Coop. I am your host, Carrie Ann Carter. After 22 years in the real estate business, I've seen my fair share of people, stories, and experiences fly the coop in one way or another. This podcast is all about telling those stories. Let's jump into the coop. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fly the Coop. I am so excited to have Sherry Schmid back. She is the president, acting president of Adina Realty. And I always enjoy interviewing you, Sherry, because you have such beautiful insight on the state of the market. And I'm very excited to hear what you have to say today. So let's delve right in, Sherry. Sounds good. I'm excited to be here again. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. I know you're a busy woman trying to get you on the show is always, always uh, a challenge with the calendar for sure. Uh, so you, you um, run the um, fun team meetings for the entire company. So um, many of you don't know that Adina Realty is one of the largest um, individual brokers left in the United States. How many agents are you operating right now, Sherry? The, uh, we're right around 2,300 agents. Isn't that impressive? It yeah. is. Impressive. Yeah, it's a great team. And in your opinion, as you're running, because you run the regions and you have meetings um, weekly, uh, which I love hearing the intel on that, what is your um, opinion right now on the energy in what I consider a very vibrant market? You know, I, overall, I would say energy is up and picking up a lot of momentum. The market was slow to get started. And I know we'll get into that here this morning. It was slow mm-hmm. in our area to get started, but it definitely is taken off. So there's yeah. great energy out there. So what do you attribute the slow start to? I have some thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, I think there, I think it was a combination of things happening. Our long winters don't help. I know we blame a lot on it, but it was, it was a long winter. It was it tough. Was. Yeah. Yep. And so I think, I think that in combination with, you know, what's happening in the market, people waiting to see, and when it's cold and you've got a little question around market conditions anyway, it's easy to sit back and wait. But as soon as we started to see things literally thaw uh, in and around our geographic footprint, we started to see that momentum pick up and people coming out, listing their homes and a lot of buyer demand as well. Yeah. So I know, you know, energy in, energy out. So I know with our team specifically, we were able to stay really steady. Now I would say our energy level was really high and we're seeing the outcome now moving into second quarter and certainly third quarter. I would say uh, we were fully entrenched in the market. We are doing a lot of funnel building and educating and counseling first quarter. Mm And the year is going to prove to be what I think a production year across the board for people. Um, that's really going to be more late started. And we're going to see a really vibrant market all the way through the end of the year. Personally, I don't feel the rates have affected our ecosystem personally. What are your thoughts? We're going to just, I just love to hear what you think about that. Yeah, I think interest rates, you know, obviously they're a factor because that impacts where your your payment's going to be. But with that, having an expert or a team like yours to advise on, okay, Carrie, here's what I can afford in yeah. my monthly payments. Now help me go find that right. opportunity. And there are a ton of opportunities out there to put those pieces together. And I think that's kind of the fundamental difference in how people are, buyers are looking and shopping Initially, about a year ago, when interest rates 
spiked and we unprecedented. We had not seen that kind of spike and that quickly. Right. I definitely paused the market, but all that demand and people that were ready to go, you're right. They're coming back to the market and saying, you know what, my life needs to move on. I'm not going to stay stuck and not move forward because of an interest rate. Well, and I think when they say, what is it? 80% of the market now in terms of the play, in terms of the people selling real estate now, no age, you know, defined in that I have been in the business for five years or less. Mm -hmm. So they don't know what normal used to be. Um, how are you educating through that? Um, because this is actually a normal market, this rate. And that's what we continue to talk to the market about, whether that's realtors that have been in the market for five years or less, or buyers and sellers who maybe haven't sold or bought for a while or forgot what normal yeah. looks like. Yeah. <laughs> to your point, we really do need to take out the last three to four years and that COVID craze mm -hmm. and look interest rates. And when you look at the broader spectrum, and interestingly enough, when you look at interest rates and chart that out over the last 20 plus years, we're still at historically low levels of interest rates. And that's the other thing for people to keep in mind that, Absolutely. yeah. And you know, when I hear people say, well, I'm going to wait for interest rates to go back down, what they have to realize is nobody can say with 100% certainty, but I can say with about 90% certainty, we aren't going to see 3% interest rates again. And no, so anyone listening and saying, you know, I'm going to wait for that interest rate to come back. That's not a really long time. And, and in the meantime, do you really want to put life on hold and your dreams and your aspirations and goals for what you're looking for? Absolutely. I agree. I mean, it's all about the lifestyle and the experience, right? And everybody needs a home. That's what I always say. So let's reverse engineer what that looks like. Um, and the cost to do business, to live the life you want, the creme brulee, I always say, what's the creme brulee and how can we get you there? And what's the cost to do business and change the mindset around the thinking on that um, coming off of an unreasonable, what I call an unreasonable rate experience that we likely will never see again. So housing units, I'm going to talk nationally because I know you pay attention to the numbers like I do, Sherry, and what's happening locally in terms of this continuation of inventory or lack of which is part of the issue, right? Supply and demand. What is your take for, uh, we're going to talk about Minnesota right now in the twin cities, because yeah. you have um, many, maybe don't know that Sherry has a very deep um, knowledge level and connection with the building and construction and, um, you know, development community in our city. Um, that's your background. So housing units, we've been notoriously low for a decade now, and we're still trying to catch up. How do you see that shaking out as we become sharing more of a magnet in my mind with the relocation market? Um, we're seeing an infill or an increase in populace here. Um, we're becoming attractive down the middle corridor of the country, as we both know, yeah. paired with a population of people, 40%. Uh, many don't know 40% of our market, net, both locally and nationally, own their home free and clear, and they struggle um, to figure out what they're going to do. So they're sticking in the house until we can figure out where to put them. Uh, and there is a need for um, a second home component to that that we'll talk about um, in warm climates because we are in a cold climate state. Um, this all interrelates in my mind in terms of the infusion of housing that we need. 
And how do we break that nut? Like, what does that look like short and long-term in your mind? It's all yours. Yeah, that's a, a loaded question. That I know. A lot of different directions. Yes. Uh, without question, average sale prices have remained elevated and where they're at as, as much as people predicted that they would come off of those highs, we haven't seen that occur. And the main reason we haven't seen it occur is like you said, there is a lack of inventory for sale on the market. And what that means in particular is roughly about 1.2, 1.3 months of supply. So in other words, if no other inventory came onto the market, mm-hmm. it would take us about a 1.3 months to sell out our existing inventory. Mm-hmm sell out of it. So with that, that definitely uh, speaks well for sellers and would be sellers coming into the marketplace of getting close to their asking price, assuming the asking price fits with the market. Right. In terms of, you know, what happens with that inventory, there's a lot of factors at play. One of the big ones to watch and continue to watch, I've been talking about that in our company-wide meeting is uh, in the commercial space, in particular, multifamily housing. Right. And we will this year see the biggest influx of multifamily housing coming to the market uh, mm-hmm. that we've seen since the 1970s from everything, you know, and the yeah. people that follow and who research us extensively, mm-hmm. we haven't seen that kind of product coming online. And so you look at it and say, well, what, what does that mean for single family and those that want to own homes mm-hmm. and, you know, and potentially what that and how that could play out. One of, you know, one of the theories that we look at is with all that inventory coming on, does that soften rental prices? And then do those, do those developers look at it and say, you know, maybe I'm better off converting these and putting these to for sale right? and hitting that for sale market. So I do look at that and say, okay, well, we see some of that inventory in particular for that first time home buyer in those price points, do we see some, I, I see some potential opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Will the developers head that way? That's a big question mark of whether yeah. or not they do, but there is a lot of inventory out there. It's a matter of whether it stays in the rental arena or mm-hmm. if it moves and converts to for sale. Interesting. Okay. So for those that don't really follow this, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. Do you feel like there was a huge consumption of inventory in our city that was um, captured in and is now kind of held in the whole rental leasing sphere that um, is one of the, shall I say, barriers to having housing availability opening up for our younger populace? That's the first question. What do you think about that? I mean, when did that start in your opinion? Because I do feel that same energy, if you will, the, the shift happened over the last 10 years in terms of rental in our city. I think, you know, the whole, and this is true in our local market as well as nationally, you know, the momentum of whether it's large consortiums or wall street buying large tracts of land and doing rent to own or individual investors who say, you know what, I want my current home, but I also want a portfolio. So I have two, three, maybe I've got 10, uh, homes or doors as, as some in that space will call it. And yeah. that has picked up momentum. And really we've seen that since it, with the onset of technology and the ease in which I can now advertise my home for rent mm-hmm. through different venues over the, over the web. And so that's really what's helped that component take off. We all know that uh, one of the biggest ways to build wealth is through real estate. Yep. So that continues to 
spur that one along. What we haven't done a great job of as an industry and what's difficult to get in and around is what percentage of the total housing stock out there and available, whether that's for sale or rent, how much of that is rental? Uh, a curious best, number. Yeah, and one of the best stats I have seen, and that was a couple of years ago, Jim Bukta reported on it in the Star Tribune, roughly about 20% mm -hmm. within the city's housing area. Different areas that I go and I ask that question of whether it's city municipalities or the real estate in the, or the real estate industry, those numbers fluctuate depending mm -hmm. from community to community. But I would say we don't track that as an industry as well as we probably should to understand that dynamic and how that, because that does have an impact on mm -hmm. housing prices overall. So would you agree that our young populace, we'll call them millennial, there's like three different age groups. We'll say our 20 to 35 year olds in this city. Um, we're now seeing in my mind, tell me if you disagree, an increased interest in ownership where we didn't necessarily have that volume of interest for maybe about eight years. I'm going to put an eight year mark on it. And now there's a flux, like there's an increase. The multiple offer scenario right now at 500 or less is especially in that three to 400 mark is mm -hmm. insanity to me. So I don't see that going away personally. No, I, and I don't either. And, you know, it's with each generation, it, experts quote, uh, we'll talk yeah. about, you know, they're maybe going to rent, they don't necessarily, you know, buy into the whole owner ownership component. And I, right. I, I just don't, and, and we see it play out every generation, which is, yeah, 20 to maybe that 23, 24, I'm figuring out life, I'm figuring out what I'm going to do, I'm back and forth between home. Mm -hmm. And there comes a point, and I, I think we call it maturity, and yeah. a little bit of age and wisdom. And yeah. people, they do want to settle down and they do want to own a home. And I don't see that changing at all. In fact, we're seeing it play out with the millennial group and the percentages are, the percentages are high as far in terms of the numbers that want to own a home and are owning yeah, homes. I agree. So what do you think the driver is to, because uh, for the interest of acquiring rental out there or having a rental portfolio, the construction happening, right? The, you know, multiple units being built in the city. Who, who's the audience for that in your mind? Is it a culmination of local and national? Is it relocation? Is it the young populace not willing to commit yet? Is it there that there, we have a population overflow right now and truly the housing inventory is not there. So they have no other options. What's your take think, on that? All I of think it. it's all of the above. And I would ask also add a group of, uh, you know, 55 and over. Say, you know, I, I'm, I'm done with the big house. I don't want all the maintenance. I'm not quite sure what I want. Mm -hmm. It's a great time to sell. So I'm going to sell. That's what we're I'm doing. Gonna, yep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rent mentor, you know, just sort of that midpoint um, for a while and see ultimately where I want to land. There's a huge piece of that out there. And I think personally that some of the builds happening right now, the new units being built are trying to accommodate those people yep. um, because they really don't, they want to have roots here. That's just the nature of our market. Uh, mm -hmm. We're a market that's going to stick around. Uh, we're also a seasonal market and uh, you get to an age where you just do not want to do January through March or April. 
So I think the, but then of course we've got um, a whole faction of people that don't really want a condo or a townhome. They still want one level living. And I think that category of housing is the most challenged in what I consider an older city with traditional housing in it. So how do you see that playing out? Cause it's a huge need one level living in the Metro. Yeah, one level is a huge component. It is yeah. more challenging when you're in what I call landlocked. So in other words, there's nowhere else to build except for to go up mm-hmm. and to go vertical. And I, I don't see that changing. I think that continues to be the trend. And for, you know, the options of doing one level townhomes, there's going to be more options as you go a little bit further out of the, you know, that the primary, the two prim- Minneapolis, St. Paul, that first suburb, first tier, mm-hmm. and, and going a little further out. But I in terms of both Minneapolis-St. Paul and the suburbs that adjoin, really the, the option is going to be to go up and go mm-hmm. vertical. So when you're sitting down with the builder association and you're looking at the projects happening in the city, do you have any sense of how many units are being built right now in the metro? Do you know what that number looks like? You know, I did, in terms of for sale, uh, most of the vertical product that's going up right now is rental. Mm-hmm. It's most- Family, it's rental. It's not for sale. Mm-hmm. And do you uh, see that changing with the new guidelines that they've got, where they'll be eventually converted to something that's a purchase? Right now, based on current guidelines, I don't see a shift, mm-hmm. immediate shift to conversions and for sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hope is that it will be looked at, and you know, some of the conversations I'm having behind the scenes are, you know, is there a way to facilitate is there you know how how can we look at a little more balance between what we've got in rental coming on and going for sale right but currently based on guidelines I don't see an immediate change with that mm-hmm. so you know I work with um, team leaders all over the country just like you're talking to your network all over the country and I would say that there has been a cooling effect in some areas um, that we're not feeling. What Mm -hmm. do you attribute that to? You know, the biggest reason for that is when we look at COVID and the boom during COVID, we saw a nice healthy increase as well. But the nice part about our area is that we don't see the high highs, but we also don't suffer those big lows. Right. So you see some of those boom areas during COVID that really took off. And by that, we're talking massive 100% increases, which isn't sustainable, sustainable at all. No, and I'm sure that's where the the leads uh, that are you're talking to and networking with are coming from some of those geographic areas. And so, mm-hmm. from a health standpoint, we're in I think one of the best spots in the country Too. because we continue to see really nice and healthy appreciation. We don't see those big swings. Down. I've always loved this market for that reason. It's not a bad thing to be steady as she goes. Yeah. That's a healthy place to be. Boring is good. Mm-hmm. And it's a, I, I don't want to say overly conservative market, but common sense market. So yeah. it's easy to have yep. a common sense conversation. Yep. And I do think it's one of the reasons we're attractive on paper where they used to call us flyover country. <laughs> you know, I think there's an attraction to our water. I think mm-hmm. there's attraction to our schools all by, yep. we all have our challenges out there everywhere. I think our school systems are very strong and well-operated. Uh, we have natural resources like no other, in my opinion. 
Um, so as we become more of an attraction, how do we, a lot of people don't realize how wet we are in Minnesota. Like we are a heavy wetland state and going up is a real thing because we don't have an abundance of land. You know, when you look at, I'm sure you've sat down with those building committees and they talk about, um, what the future is 10 years, 20 years, 30 years out. Uh, when you sit down and listen to the forecast with an already, um, lack of inventory to supply, do you see that ever really finding balance here? Is it always going to be a tug of war in your opinion, or do you see that stabilizing at some point? I think that there's a lot of interest out there to get it right. Like you said, I mean, when I, when I say my definition of boring, and that's a good thing, by the way, which is we do have a lot of healthy dynamics. And so we don't see these wild swings in different areas. And we've got a lot of people at the table talking because we do have great, <clears throat> excuse me, great resources. Mm -hmm. We've got very healthy, uh, diverse business population. And, and that's important as far as the many different employers, you know, some, some areas are so dependent on one or two employers that if something fluctuates with that employer, right. it has huge impact. So we have all those things going for us, including, like you said, great land things that we want to protect our waters, all of that. And mm -hmm. with all the players at the table and having these conversations, everybody has the same interests in mind, how we get there can be a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, I know, but, but the conversations are are being had, and they'll continually continue to be had because there are challenges. We've been talking about it, the inventory piece, and how do we solve for that? Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, you know, what I would tell you is there's just there's a lot of people interested in this topic, having the conversations around it, figuring out solutions, and everybody coming to the table with what their ideas and thoughts are, and that's how we continue to move forward. Does it ever reach you know complete equilibrium? I'm not sure that's ever possible. I don't think that's ever possible, especially no. with the population growth happening. And yeah. yeah, I agree. So if you were in all of the coaching you're doing with the company and with, with uh, the leaders within the company and all of the uh, agents as part of, what are you most excited about over the next year as you're moving into planning for 2024? What are you super psyched about? Sure. What I get, what I'm most excited about, and we talked about this at the very beginning, is we are back to more of a normal market. Mm -hmm. We're not in this big swing that was so wild and unpredictable in terms of, you know, the, the number of offers or the amount of people and the amount of buyers, frankly, exactly. that were coming in, trying to get an offer. I mean, it would break my heart hearing about buyers that were out there with their fifth, sixth, you know, multiple offers that they were putting in and not getting that inventory. So what yeah. I get excited about is really being able to service that segment mm -hmm. much better than we were able to do. So I, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the opportunity, like I said, to continue the conversation of how do we help bring on more inventory for, mm -hmm. for that segment? And we're, you know, that, that goes back to our core mission as a company for the past 60 plus years, which right. is you know, the dream of home ownership and helping people to achieve that. And this is a market where we really thrive in doing that. I love that. And I, you know, that's a great segue, Sherry, to share with everybody because there are so many entries. Let's just talk about this for a minute. There are so many entries from the time when you and I got into this business in the late nineties to what we see today in the hundreds of players as part of our market. Um, what, I'm, what I have most gratitude for is the collaboration and the power 
behind the partnership, the marketing, the vision, the knowledge of what we have to offer, you know, it's deep rooted and powerful in the networking component because of the size, the, uh, especially during a time when we have a lack of inventory, a lot of people don't know, you know, when you own that much of the market share, which is huge, we should talk about market share for a minute. I mean, we might as well put a Sherry Schmidt plug in for a diner realty because it's a powerful thing more so than the clientele probably even realizes because that's how they're leveling up and really able to achieve the outcomes they're looking for, whether they're buying or selling. So what do you want to share on that note? You know, we, uh, like you said, and I'm, I'm proud of that history that we have of over 60 years in our local marketplace. So we, uh, are very much intertwined and intermingled. It's not some big national or international company mm-hmm. selling real estate. We are here. We're local. We understand. We know the players. We know the neighborhoods. We're entrenched in the neighborhoods. Street by street. So. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the part that I really love and get excited about. It what It's what gets and keeps me motivated. I know it's what really keeps our agents interested and motivated because they're, they're a part of the fabric. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't about just selling a home. This is, like I said, it's that bigger, that dream of home ownership and, and all that comes with owning a home. And it's, you know, let's face it. I mean, shelter is one of the key components that everybody needs in their life and being part of making that happen. I, I think it's I so cool. You know, yeah, yeah, I think that the power of having a during, uh, especially in our state, in our city, uh, it's a very small, it's like a small town in a big city, right? That, that, what they, that adage, they always say, um, and when you're able to really, um, dial in to an individual's wants and be able to have the backing and power of such a large machine of networking, it allows us individually to connect the dots for clients whether it's their home or an investment or their lake property or their second home or their mom and dad, whatever it might be, the power behind that is massive. So powerful. And I just think that when you're looking at a market, which is competing with small, small groups um, and all of the requirements now as mandated about how we network information with each other, uh, it's something to absolutely ask your um, friend or agent who plays in the Adina Realty family, because the backing behind that gives them a lot of leverage. That's the word I'll use. Lots of leverage. Yep. That. So coming off of the last meeting, are there any um, shares to the community as a consumer that you think they should know moving into second quarter? Because our spring market is fully fully engaged. (laughs) Like we are in it right now. It's a busy time and we're still looking for inventory. So what would you share with everybody? I would, the biggest thing I would share uh, playing off of what you just said is uh, there is inventory as much as we've talked about a lack of inventory, there is inventory. And so reaching out and having that expert and that realtor to guide and, and move you forward is the first step in this whole journey. Uh, and the other thing I would say is that if you've been sitting on the sidelines waiting for that opportunity, when is that right opportunity? 100% now is 
the time to take advantage of the market, what's out there right now and what's available. Sitting back and waiting to time something, uh, it, it's, it's absolutely like you hear with the stock market. Uh, it's the worst thing you can do to try to time something. Again, shelter is one of the key critical components of our of our all of our lives and holding on that because you're wondering about an interest rate wondering about pricing uh, move forward now's the time to take move advantage forward. and move forward there's a lot of opportunities out there I agree with you. And most importantly, for the 40% of you out there that have been in your home for 10, 15, 20 plus years, and you just don't know what to do, we have a solution for you. It's temporary one, granted, but put your house out there and let a family, you know, pass the baton and, you know, start the adventure because that will solve for some of the need we have for sure. So for those of you on the fence, this is a great time to talk for sure. And I would add one more thing here for those, you know, concerned about an interest rate. Uh, the thing to keep in mind is those don't have to be forever. In other words, if you come in, you're buying today and interest rates drop, wonderful. You can go in and refinance at that time and take advantage of that lower interest rate. If interest rates go up. Yeah, uh, I agree. Even better for you to have taken advantage of the interest rate today because you're locked in at that lower rate. Absolutely. We always say, listen, it only can get better. <laughs> so go ahead and just lock in because yeah. if the refi opportunity comes great for you. Um, if it doesn't, you got a great house and you're going to enjoy it. So it's all good. That's right. <laughs> it's all good. Sherry, it's always an honor um, to spend some time with you. Likewise. Your knowledge and your insight are invaluable and the company's so lucky to have you. Well, thank you, Carrie. And it's a pleasure working with you as well. So I appreciate the time this morning. So Sherry Schmidt, everybody, look her up, the president of Adina Realty. Always a pleasure, Sherry. Thank you so much for joining us again, everyone. We'll see you next time on Fly the Coop. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Fly the Coop. Be sure you subscribe to the show and leave us a review. I sure would appreciate it. We'll see you next time in the coop.